For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What is going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What's up, Thunder fans? The Thunder just beat the Kings, our arch nemeses for this season so far, 132 to 113. I'm joined tonight from the great state of Kentucky by my co-host, Dylan Hunsinger. How's it going, Dylan? I'm doing great. After seeing that Thunder victory, our guys came out and performed. We were shorthanded, but we still came out with the W, so I'm doing awesome, man. Yeah, we were absolutely shorthanded. Um, so before we get into the game, there's a big piece of news that we need to convey to make this game fully informed. And we have to start with the Thunder for the first time in their history wore their dark blue <laughs> statement jerseys with orange accessories. How'd you think those looked? I didn't know it was the first time, but I, I liked them. Yeah, that's according I- to OKC Tracker. Yeah, I mean, hey, Tracker does a good job. I, I I like the orange sleeves with pretty much any uniform, if I'm being honest. So there you go. Yeah, okay. So that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. The actual big news <laughs> going into the game was that right before the game, maybe, I don't know, four hours before the game? Is that yeah, about something, right? Something like that. Something like that. The announcement came down that Dennis Schroeder and Raymond Felton, both of the Thunder's backup point guards, were suspended for the game. Uh I don't know. I I thought the timing was a little bit questionable personally because it it came out right after the Kings announced their players that would be out. So there's two different ways that conspiracy could go. But I think I think there was a little bit of collusion between the Thunder and the league on that one. What do you think? I I did not read that far into it. I'm not going (laughs) to lie to you. I was just like, dang that sucks but i also said um actually tweeted i said that they were trying to get jg away from robin lopez the league should actually thank him <laughs> because robin lopez was gonna die yeah yeah well the the reason i started thinking into it so far was that it was just very odd that it took the league so long to make that decision you know and um i tweeted that and then billy donovan right before this game came out and basically said the exact same thing said it was just, I don't know and understand why it took them so long to make the decision. It was kind of inconvenient for us. And I was just like, well, 
maybe if they were waiting on the Kings injury report, <laughs> that starts to make sense, but, but maybe not. So, um, the other note that I have before we start this game is that the announcers that we were forced to watch on NBA TV were the Kings announcers. And I, I, I deliberately, I, I've been saying all, all season long that I wasn't going to look up the Thunder's new announcer's name until he earned it. Well, the Kings announcers just earned it for him. We are, we are glad to have Chris Fisher based on what I watched tonight. We are happy to have the fish. Doug Christie uh, actually isn't that bad. It's the other guy. <laughs> the that old guy. Just, oh, he is unbearable, the, man. The get off my lawn guy. Oh my gosh, he wanted uh he wanted freaking Stephen Adams like tossed out of the NBA last game whenever he pushed Willie into the stands to like break yeah, up the yeah. fight. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's true. He was the guy that was all up in arms about that. Yeah, I was. Oh, I can't stand that guy. And he, he, uh, he, I put the over under it 30.5 times that he complained about the Thunder complaining to the refs. And like, okay, the Thunder kind of do complain to the refs a lot, but they're maybe ninth in the league at complaining to the refs. So, like, I just can't imagine being a Kings fan and having to listen to him complaining about teams, complaining about the refs for the entire game for a third of the season like that just has to be terrible but so with that said with with kind of our pregame done uh we're gonna get into how this game actually turned out so thunder fans if you didn't get to watch the game you don't have to explain to me why you need tivo So the game started off two to six Kings and with a quick timeout by the Thunder after a turnover. So that was kind of a uh oh moment, like just given the Thunder's history with the Kings. Um, the game was so fast that I feel like when it goes that fast, the Thunder have a tendency to kind of be like, we can keep up and rush their possessions. And they were kind of doing that. They were making sloppy turnovers and, and forcing possessions. Russ started off the game just so aggro. <laughs> like he immediately got a technical with my note says nine minutes and eight seconds left in the first quarter. So mm-hmm. that's, that's like as immediately as you can get a technical. Uh, to to his credit, he did not take out of the game. That's good. yeah, and not for lack of trying by the Kings. Like the Kings were trying to get under Russ's skin and trying to bait him into a second technical foul. And you might have noticed those previously mentioned announcers saying that they should do that immediately yeah. upon Russ getting that technical. Uh, one of the worst moments of the game was immediately after Russ getting that tech on the inbound possession. They did the thing where he inbounds to Stephen Adams, uh, or might have, he he inbounded to someone and did his backdoor cut and was slashing yeah. for a dunk and De'Aaron Fox pinned it into the rim on did he block. block it oh yeah. i thought oh I thought no he straight it, up just wedged it no nah, De'Aaron fox blocked it and uh <laughs> i don't really understand why the king's broadcast broadcast crew didn't throw a replay up <laughs> but 
yeah, it was a he straight up got blocked at the rim by De'Aaron Fox right after getting a technical. So, hey, thanks thanks for not throwing that up there. Um, yeah. In the first quarter, Jeremy Grant had two just like straight up off the dribble in isolation blowbys for layups, which was just excellent. Um, I'll just go ahead and throw this out here right now. He ended up with 22 points. Only two rebounds, but that's because Steven Adams got all the rebounds. <laughs> one assist, one block, one turnover. Nine of 11 from the field. Jeremy Grant was just so impressive, and that just continues um, him being so impressive lately. I'm not sure we're going to get to talk about him later, so you got anything on Jeremy Grant? All I got to say is take that for data, man. Like, that is the epitome of efficiency. What, what do you shoot from three? Two for two. Whew. That'll do. I rest my case. That'll do. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Jeremy Grant was great. He was showing off a, a tremendous amount of diversity and efficiency. Um, another note I have from the first quarter is that Willie Cauley-Stein and Steven Adams were a weird matchup, especially in the first quarter. Uh, the spacing the Kings were running with was kind of causing pause for Adams and and Collie Stein was getting some dunks. I tend to think that all those miss all those mishaps were because the help defense didn't help when they should have. Like there was a couple when Jeremy Grant was pulled out by Bielitsa and I think it just took them a little while to adjust by that, but it was pretty clear from the beginning that Steven Adams was going to dominate Collie Stein on the boards and on the interior and and that continued. So at the end of the first, the the Thunder were up 36 to 33. Adams had eight and eight rebounds already, <laughs> which was a, a sign of things to come. Russ had nine, three and three. He was only three of seven from the field, but it was very clear that he was very aggressive. And Paul George only had four points on one of five shooting. What a scrub, right? <laughs> uh to add to that, Terrence Ferguson had four points on something that I thought was pretty cool. He was two for five. He had five field goal attempts in the first quarter. Uh, so then we move into the second. We were wondering going into this game who would be the backup point guard. It was Alex Abrines nominally. And I thought it was kind of cute. The the Kings thought that they could take advantage of that with Yogi Ferrell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like. He was full court pressing Arenas coming down the court, and he was just going so at him on the other end. Yeah. And, yeah, go on, go on. And uh, then Doug Christie, uh, you know, the Kings announcer, he was like, that's exactly what Yogi's got to do. He's got to test that handle. It's like, oh yeah, my gosh. He tested it, and Alex Arenas passed the test. But not only that, on the other end, Yogi was going at Alex in a super aggro, quote, this white boy is going to guard me kind of way. like. <laughs> and you know what he started the game? 0 for 6. Oh, that is not what I was going to say. <laughs> 0 for 6, yeah. So kudos to Alex Abrines. Um, bonafide third string point guard. Fourth string. Eh, yeah. Third string? I put some respect on Ray's name now. <laughs> yeah, so third, so fourth string. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, in the in that p- same period where Alex Abrines was the point guard for the bench, Paul George threw in seven points on three for six to start the second. He was being very aggressive. 
he didn't shoot the ball extremely well, right? Three for six. Uh, and that's about when Russell Westbrook came back. Russell Westbrook made his first two free throws, and then he missed his next four. He ended up two for seven, which is bad. Yeah. Two, two for seven is bad. That's 28%. It's not ideal. Somewhere between 28 and 29% not ideal however after he missed his third and fourth consecutive free throws he had a drive down the court in transition that made me write oh my god russ after two missed free throws (laughs) like it was amazing he completely burned the entire king's defense and got a layup at the rim and immediately after that paul george hit two consecutive threes and the Thunder went on a 13-0 run. They forced four consecutive turnovers by the Kings, and just in the snap of the fingers, in the snap of their fingers, they were up by 18 all of a sudden. Yeah. And I just want to point that point out that that's something that didn't happen last year. Yeah, and I, I just want to point out, you know, you talk about Russ kind of getting going, and of course Paul getting going in the second. Uh, the way these two guys get going is getting shots and being aggressive at the rim. Like, obviously, Paul George loves his jump shot. It wasn't falling early. Russ loves his jump shot. It's not falling often. <laughs> but once they get going Forever. at the rim, once, yeah, once they get a few go in the rim, that's when their game starts to open up because the defense has to guard them differently. And, you know, it just does something to see the ball go through the hoop. And the easiest way to do that is get into the rim. And, I mean, you know, Russ shot 8 of 18, which isn't, you know, phenomenal. But, hey, it's one make away from 50% from the field. Um, but, I mean, Paul especially, like, that definitely just changed his whole uh, approach to this game. Uh, yeah, small correction. Russ was eight for nineteen. Not that that ruins anything about your point, but just want to yeah, get that straight because we had a we had a we had a voicemail from our listener Shaquille straightening us out on some stats. So shout out Shaquille. We'll try to do better from here on out. <laughs> All right, okay, so let me read you some halftime stats. And look, here, here's my stance before I say them. I don't think the Thunder, if they heard these stats at the end of a game, would have expected to win the game, but they wouldn't have expected to be blown out either. At halftime, Paul George had 19-7-4, Russell Westbrook had 17-6-4 and four, and four steals, and Steven Adams had 14 points and 15 rebounds. <laughs> like, yeah. you tell me that's a whole game, and I'll say, yeah, we probably lost, but it was fine. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, Paul George was doing it all over the place. And then, you know, like we were saying, man, Adams was just having his way with whoever was down there. It didn't matter if they threw big old Kufos down there. Adams was still working. <laughs> yeah, and, and yet it was only halftime and the Thunder were mm-hmm. up 71 to 52. So we moved into the second half. Um, Terrence Ferguson hit a corner three right off the bat. I really just feel like the team was looking for him more this game than they had in the past. Like, that was a possession where they didn't have to pass it to him, but they figured out he was open and found him. Ferguson ended up with 14 points, two for six from three, which 
is fine. That's perfectly adequate. Six for 14 from the field. 14 field goal attempts for Terrence Ferguson. That's above adequate. I'm very happy with that. I I don't look for that to continue. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was encouraged seeing him have confidence to shoot it when he got the ball and, of course, his teammates feeding him. But I definitely think Schroeder's absence had a lot to do with his shot attempts going up. Yeah, for sure. And I don't expect 14 attempts, yeah. either, but I'll take six. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be I mean, that'd be great. Give him, two, give him three threes it. and three twos. Like, I'm thrilled with that. Um, another note on Ferguson: the aforementioned aforementioned Kings announcers said he is obviously a solid defender. Um, yeah. So like, it's it's noticeable. People are just noticing that now. I thought any time he got switched on to Fox, man, he did a phenomenal job on him. Like, just making it difficult, staying in front of him. He even uh, got his hand on the ball a couple times. I mean, his growth throughout the season as a defender is just remarkable. Absolutely. His footwork's great. Um, in the meanwhile, the Kings managed to push the lead down to 14, 83 to 89. And immediately after that, I mean, or including that, they went on an 18-5 to run. Um, that run basically came down to turnovers by the Thunder and threes by the Kings. And I have a note here for the Kings that just says, they chucking. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> so, like, it, you know, it, it's a high... When you just start shooting a bunch of threes, it's high variance and low opportunity, and, and they just happen to make them. And it cut the lead down to 98 to 89, a nine-point lead. I think that's as small as it ever got. And then the Thunder just decided to lock in again. One other small note I have is that Diallo shot a corner three that knocked off the side of the backboard. And back to those announcers. And I don't know why they made such an impression on me, but (laughs) I'm going to keep bringing them up. I think this might be the last time. Uh, I don't know if this was nice of them to Diallo or biased of them for the Kings, but they credited De'Aaron Fox for a block on that on that three. Oh wow! He didn't he didn't block it. Yeah, it's just, it's just a bad shot. <sighs> yeah, it was a bad shot, but I mean, I don't remember the last time I've seen a Diallo three. If I'm being honest with you, he hasn't kinda, shot many. No, yeah, he's he got out of a rhythm from it. And that was his only one tonight. Yeah. Uh, so the Thunder went into the fourth quarter, and it was just, like I said, a matter of putting their foot down again, which is kind of something that's nice to see from this team, that they actually have a go button to push, which they always thought they did last year, but they kind of didn't. Yeah. Um, they had no point guard to start the fourth, but they did have a PG, and they did have a Nerlens Noel, and Paul George kind of took over, and Nerlens Noel took over on the other end, and hey, so... We've discussed in the past how bad I am at coming up with nicknames for players, right? Yeah. It's true. Yes, we have. Yeah. Okay, what do you think about Nerland's no, 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 well? I was just, I always call him just Nerland's no, L, but I mean. Yeah, but you, what if you throw the Dikembe Mutombo intonation yeah, there? What do you think? No, 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 L. I just, I just don't know about it, man. You so, don't know. You don't know. No. No. Oh about my it. gosh! I knew that's coming as soon as I said it. Mm-hmm. You do, you man. You do. You never change. 
right. I'm sure that a solid 15% of our listeners yeah. are enjoying, enjoying <laughs> my puns. So. We'll do a poll about it. This is for you, my 15%. So, uh, yeah, Russ solidified his triple-double with about seven minutes left in the game. I think he had 19, 10, and 10 at the time. He had 17 points at halftime. So for a quarter and a half, he only scored two points. Um, that sounds like a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Paul George was absolutely on fire. Uh, Steven Adams was grabbing every single rebound on the planet. Right? So... Yeah, look, sorry, Thunder fans, if you're listening and you disagree with this, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sometimes Russell Westbrook pads his stats. (laughs) Do you you disagree? It's the sound of us losing followers. (laughs) (laughs) Look, he, he does. He sometimes does. But the thing about him is tonight he was padding his assists. While Paul George was padding his points. Yeah. And at the same time, he was allowing Steven Adams to pad his rebounds. Although I would have loved to see Paul George pad his assists a little bit tonight. He was three oh, assists away. Yeah, yeah. Good we point. could have had two teammates with a triple-double and a teammate with a double-double. I don't know how many times that's happened in the NBA. That would have been saying. nice, but if, he, but if he was starting to pad his assists, maybe he would have only ended up with 35 points, you know? So, like, I'll take what happened, and the fact is, if, look, we all know that on some level, Russell Westbrook cares about triple-doubles. We all also know that he he cares about scoring. So, the way I'm looking at this is, what if Russell Westbrook starts caring about triple-doubles more than scoring? Is that good for the team? That's good for the team, right? I mean, the record speaks for itself when he triples doubles. I don't, yeah, I don't, don't know what it, the I don't know number. what the record is. I don't know what the record is when he scores a lot. It's yeah. probably worse than when he triple doubles, right? Probably. Maybe we want him to want triple doubles. Maybe we want him to want assists and rebounds and. He's always going to score 10 points because, of course, he's going to score 10 points. <laughs> but maybe we want him to want Paul George to be the main scorer, and he just goes for a triple-double. And then that's maybe the team just works better that way. I don't know. Just just something I was thinking. I don't know how you feel about that. Well, I actually have a take to build off of that. Okay. Bring so it. Ru- Russell Westbrook's already the unquestioned triple-double king, right? Uh, yeah. Or I mean, currently. <laughs> okay but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah yeah currently yeah I, I know what you mean um and this year he's taken a new focus on the defensive side of the ball with steals yes. right okay he's gotten so bored with the triple doubles <laughs> he is he is trying on defense so he can get quadruple double mm. oh he'll do it I, I think he'll do it. I mean, he had six deals tonight. I think he had six in the last game and five the game before yep. that. He's, he's currently leading the league. Yep. Shout Number out one. He's he's above Paul George, dag on it. Shout out Shaquille. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm waiting for it. I, I, I mean, 
what was it, six. Draymond Green and Davis, they were like the last two closest players to get to it? That's probably true. I mean, I know Hakeem used to do it like yeah. fairly regularly, right? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I think Russell will do it. I mean, Draymond Green is probably in the conversation if he could just score 10 points once in a while. That helps. <laughs> I actually think the last time he was close to it, he had like six points. <laughs> Uh, that guy better not make the all-star game this year. I'm going to be pretty upset if he does. All right, so uh, some just general notes I have. Russ was really aggressive, and that's mostly from the first half, I guess. I think some of De'Aaron Fox's comments about being the fastest in the league kind of got to him. Um, I just want to talk for a minute about how good Adams is at getting offensive rebounds off of missed free throws. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, do you ever just find yourself watching him when they're lined up for free throws, just zoning in on Adams and watching? Yeah, I mean, I, every time, man. I mean, it's like the ball just gravitates to him. And I mean, if you think about it, the Thunder's history at the free throw stripe, yeah, Adams is in the perfect situation for yeah. it. So it right. makes sense that he's so good at it. Sure. Um, there was an article from last year that I remembered mid-game because I was like marveling at this. Steven Adams, he he ended up, as far as I could tell, with three offensive rebounds off missed free throws and a fourth where he forced them to knock it out of bounds because he had position, so that's four. There was an article from Bleacher Report by Yaron Weitzman, and sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly, where it was about um, Bell from the Warriors mm-hmm. about his kind of welcome to the league moment. And it was when he realized that all veteran centers kind of line up at the free throw line and say, are you going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And they agree whether or not they're going to go for the rebound on this one or, or else just give it to the defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the player that bell actually quoted as saying, are you going was Nikola Jokic which was pretty embarrassing because I was like his second year. It's like, you should be probably hustling. <laughs> yeah. But that just cracked me up because like, can you imagine another player walking up to Steven Adams and go, are you going? <laughs> like, Yeah, mate. Of course I'm going. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. No, I don't he's, practice it. He's going. He's going every single time. He's getting down like to where his elbows can touch the ground. He's shucking off your forearms. And he's he's using wrestling slash offensive lineman slash rugby moves, and he is going every time. And then uh, the last general note I have is that De'Aaron Fox is pretty good. De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield's pretty good. What Buddy end up with like thirty seven? Buddy Hield ended up scoring thirty seven points on seven for fourteen from three. 11 for 25 from the field. Yeah, he pretty good, too. Uh, a lot of that was garbage, though. Yeah. I will say. Like, that note I have about De'Aaron Fox, who ended up with 28 of his own on 10 for 18, mm-hmm. 12 assists. Yeah. That note I have from him was when the game was competitive. So, like, that, I'm just pointing that out. I, Buddy Hill's good, but De'Aaron Fox has, like, made me I, – I just enjoy how he – no matter how bad the game is going or like no matter what just happened, they all, they show a close up of him and he's just like laughing with a teammate every time. He's just yep. so cool. I just really enjoy him. 
you want to hear what Chelsea says deer and fox looks like? Yes, please. <laughs> just his hair. <laughs> just his hair looks like. Uh, do you watch Rugrats back in the day? Sure. Angelica's doll, Cynthia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cynthia and Fox. Uh, Cynthia and Fox. There you go. Oh my god, the puns. <laughs> <laughs> I make puns rain. Oh man. All right. So so that's about it for the game. Again, the Thunder won 132 to 113. It was a good win. That's gonna do pretty good numbers for our offensive rating it's about neutral for our defensive rating i think uh i do have a terrible twitter take for tomorrow okay and a terrible have... twitter take of tomorrow yeah and this this is actually from our own alex roig he tweeted <laughs> it i can't lay claim to it but i saw it and i feel like it bears mentioning oh, okay thank god i thought you meant it was his take so i'm sorry <laughs> no, no, no. okay all right. No. So he said that uh, Dennis Schroeder is obviously holding this team back from his potential. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Alex Abrines should be the backup point guard. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, really. <laughs> One game sample size. I mean, you can't argue with the results. <laughs> God. Ah, I'm, we're totally going to see that on the timeline, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to say it. Uh, what was his name? Danny Leary? Yeah, he'll probably say it. For sure. Um, okay, so with that, we're going to announce our favorite unit from the game. And honestly, this was pretty easy. We're on the same page about it, of course, because we're supposed to be a unit. <laughs> I see what you did there. All right, so the unit of this game, um, given that two of the reserves were out, given that zero of the reserves scored in double digits, the closest being Alex Sabrinas, who is three for seven from the three-point line, um, 43%. I think that's right. Uh, and that was all his field goal attempts, three for seven from the field. But other than that, the points all came from the starters who basically won this game on their own. Uh, yeah. Paul George, 43 points. Jeremy Grant, 22 points. Steven Adams, 20 points. Russell Westbrook, 19 points. Terrence Ferguson, 14 points. And what's funny about that is I looked at the box score and I was planning on listing those in decreasing order and they just already are. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's pretty nice. <laughs> but yeah, they were all very dominant. And, and you know, aside from even the points... Paul George, like you said earlier, was three assists shy of a triple-double, 12 rebounds, seven assists. Steven Adams had the first 2020 game of his career with 20 points and 23 rebounds. Russell Westbrook threw up a casual 19 points, 17 assists, 11 rebound, triple-double, and added six steals. Like, six steals. Just, Quadruple double watch. Like, I don't know. That, that lineup, that's amazing that your starting lineup can just totally dominate and win you a game and i know it was staggering like a lot of jeremy grant stuff came against the other team's bench and uh god but i mean and and paul george ran the offense against the other team's bench most of the game but still for the the starting lineup just to be able to carry a team like that is amazing yeah absolutely and 
I mean, Russell Westbrook, he kept his turnovers down too, didn't he? What do you have, like four or five? Five turnovers, 17 assists. We'll yeah, take. I mean, yeah. You, that, that's, that's a three more than three to one. Yeah, it's more four. than three to one assist to turnover ratio. So, I mean, you'll take that. And 3.4. Okay, 3.4. You math. I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, you know, like we were saying, they were playing together. They were blocking on defense, and that's the identity of this team. And as long as this team clock in defensively, um, you know, that's that's how they feed into their offense, and that's when the team is successful. You know, they wasn't doing it a lot the first quarter at the beginning. Um, that's why we only ended up with a three-point lead. But starting in the second quarter, we really started to buckle down and it started getting to the rim, and that's, that's when everything opened up for us. I mean, the unit was spectacular tonight. Spectacular. And I would just like to reiterate that the – that my favorite part of it was how they were all looking out for each other in stat padding time. <laughs> yeah. Was it, was it, wasn't that weird though? Like we were up 20 <laughs> with yeah. like five minutes left. And I think, I think that's when Adams checked, like Russ and Paul was already out there, but then Adams checked back in. I was like, hold on. What? <laughs> yeah. He, well, he was sitting on 22 rebounds and 18 points. He had to get that 20, 20. <laughs> Man, a 2020 is like a 50-point game, you know? Like, yeah. I, it's not even... And, and he didn't even have to come back in and try to score on the last possession, a la Murray, of, of the Nuggets and get his ball thrown into the stands. Like, I don't know. If you have the opportunity to get a 2020 with five minutes left, like, check him back in. I'm cool with it. And I, I just love to see Russ stat padding assists over all else. Uh, I don't know. Like it's it's early to say because this is the first game that I've seen it. But what if his goal this year is to average like 13 assists or something? Wouldn't that be great? It would be great. That would be the, good for the team. For the team, for the image of Russ, and for Stephen Adams' All Star chances. Yeah, and what? So what if again, just one game? What if the goal for the three of them is for Paul George to score a lot of points? For Steven Adams to get a lot of rebounds and for Russell Westbrook to get a lot of assists. Isn't that ideal? The ultimate triple double. Like, I. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well said. I'll leave it at that. If that, <laughs> that would be the ultimate triple double for this team, that would be incredible. So let's hope that that's the case. So, with that said, let's move on to our last segment. We're going to go with the Academy Award for Player of the Game. And the player of the game goes to Paul George. I mean, look, you're just going to win player of the game if you get 43 points, 12 rebounds, and 7 assists. <laughs> 43 on 27 field goal attempts. Like, you're, you're just going to get it. <laughs> All due yeah. respect to his competitors. I mean, yeah, Stephen Adams, he came out. He had a 20-20 game. Jeremy Grant had 20 points and 11 shots. Westbrook had a triple-double with six steals. But, I mean... When you're three assists away from a triple double, you drop 43 on such efficient shooting, and you play good defense all night. I mean, that's that's pretty much recipe for winning. Oh yeah, and 12 rebounds and seven assists. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. Ho hum, ho hum. But is but isn't it so great that like that 12 rebounds that doesn't shock us? Yeah. Like I mean, he's he already I think has had more double doubles than he had last season, which yeah, is amazing. I, mean, I definitely feel like that. 
that's like a point of emphasis for him this year. But it's not because he's just like, oh, I want to get rebounds. It's, you know, like Thunder fans have been saying, the offense is better when Westbrook gets the rebound because he initiates the break quicker. Well, Paul George is a good ball handler in his own right. If he can get the rebound, he can initiate the break quicker too. So we've got three guys crashing the glass at all times that can get 10 rebounds on a nightly basis now. And two of them aren't even big men. So, I mean, it, it, it's a great position to be in. Yeah. Uh, and he's at a, he's at a career high in assists. I feel like he's just playing an all around great number. And, um, I'm going to keep saying this until it stops being relevant, but big shout out to you, Dylan at Thunder Chats for writing the Paul George should be MVP article before the season even started, because he's by all accounts, at least a top five candidate right now. And, and I think a lot of people thought you were crazy when you wrote that. So shout out, um, shout out also to Steven Adams for his 23 rebound game. It was just one of the most dominant, like he he just completely changed the game on the re on the boards it it was ridiculous they just couldn't get a rebound <laughs> yeah i mean he was just shoving people out of the way willie collie stein was too skinny mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's just dominating and i mean after the first quarter when he had eight and eight i was like i was excited i was like oh this could be something but i was also like eh, we've seen this story before yeah we have definitely and so i'm glad they continued to give him the ball and so a 2020 game that's nothing to scoff at he can call up his friend in his canter and brag a little bit yeah and i played defense and <laughs> oh, so twice as good twice as good all right so congratulations even though everybody had a great game, to Paul George on your player of the game. What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? I'll <laughs> <laughs> be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. Whatever. All right, so that's about it for this one. Uh, thanks again to Dylan Hunsinger for coming on to this recap with me. This was a lot of fun. You can find us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. You can find us at Thunderous Intentions and on thundersintentions.com for all of the recaps. You can find us on Now That's Thunder Basketball for every single episode. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you get your podcasts. If if you're checking us out on any of those, please hook us up with a good review and a good rating. Um, we really appreciate that. It helps us get sponsors and such. But in the meantime, Thunder up. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.